Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman time. Hey, like Roy Jones said, I said, y'all must have forgot. And I see you media people as well with your little clickbait headlines. But trust me, I have to make y'all remember why we the best. I saw some criticism. People say the punches weren't really necessary. What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to so those people, I would say, maybe don't watch him and then go back to soccer. How good does it feel to be better? You know what I mean? I'm very proud of that accomplishment. The UFC, they can strip fighters and give to the fighters, make believe belts in order to replicate my champ champ status. But they can't give knockout victories across multiple weight divisions. It's my name in history one more time. WFAN and Radio.com. I'm on the West Coast side. Mike Tyson should have been here anyway. He's the baddest man on the planet, right? He should have been the one. He should have been the one over here. Uh, I'm over here with her on the rock, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you guys caught me under under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. I like ballers. You know what I'm saying? But he picked the wrong side. He picked another side, so he could get it, too. He could get his ass whipped, too. Straight up. With all due respect, he could get it too. I definitely want to defend my 145 belt. And let's see, I'm going to talk to Dana. Dana, tomorrow I'm going to call you. We're going to have a talk. I love you, boy. Suki Woman is coming tomorrow. And she doesn't know what's coming. Don't blink tomorrow. Believe me, I put such a great talk. Suki Woman is coming for you, love. Here's your fight fan host, Pete Hoffman. This is the Fight Fan with your host Pete Hoffman. Follow me at the Hoff WFAN and the show page is at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter. At the Fight Fan WFAN and that's Fight Fan Pete Hoffman all over the place. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, everywhere. Uh, WFAN.com and also Radio.com as well. UFC 259, huge, huge fight card coming up tomorrow or today. Whenever you listen to this, as always, I don't know when you are. We release it Friday. Usually comes out Saturday on uh, social media. So you might be watching it or seeing it or listening to it or whatever. Any which way. Regardless, thank you for listening. And this week we have Dan Henderson, former Strike Force Pride champion, 
former UFC fighter as well. And then Arthur Motes joins us again, former NFL linebacker with the Steelers, Bills, Cardinals, joins us. We're going to break down UFC 259 together, really hit touch on the, the three title fights and a couple of the fights on the card, but, but the three title fights for sure. As of this moment, all fights are on. Only one person missed weight. Um, Israel Adesanya came in at 200.5, I believe it was. We're going to get into that with the boys a little bit later on. Looking forward to these fights. It's just, I'm super, super excited to see what Israel Adesanya could do in a in a bigger weight class. We've seen him dominate the middleweight division. Light heavyweight is a different beast, though. We've seen Jan Blachowicz, what he did versus uh, Dominic Reyes not too long ago and to win the belt. And now it's his first uh, title defense, and he's going up against Israel Adesanya. And this just kind of reminds me of almost a little bit like an Anderson Silva type of fight. When Anderson Silva... Now, Anderson Silva was in the middleweight division a little bit longer before he started to float around. But this is where uh, this is where Israel Adesanya is at right now. He's floating around. He's going up to that that light heavyweight division, and he's giving it a run. And it's it's interesting because again, Israel Adesanya really has put himself in a different level in that middleweight division. The Kelvin Gastelum fight was very interesting because that was a deep deep fight, and it took a lot to get him to that to win that fight. Took a lot out of him. I mean, that Kelvin Gastelum fight was legit one of the best fights of all time. If someone asked me what fight uh, I recommend, that is probably up there. It's got to be, if not, if it's not number one, it's top three. It is that incredible. Um, but since then, he has looked extremely dominant. Obviously, we heard the Paulo Costa excuse not to- too long ago with he drank too much and whatever. Um, but overall, the Robert Whitaker was was really impressive. I mean, Robert Whitaker is an incredible middleweight who's actually he's going to go up against uh, Paul Acosta uh, pretty soon. They they announced that fight. But Israel Adesanya made him look silly. He made it look easy. I don't think he's going to have that same success versus Jan Blahovitz. I really, truly don't. Now, do I think that he can't win? No, I think that, that Israel Adesanya has proven he can do what he wants. I don't know if it's going to be easy, though. And Blahovitz is, is, again, it's a different weight class. It's different power be- behind those punches. Um, he's going to be the bigger of the two, clearly, as far as physical frame. Weight, reach, very similar, though. So it, it's going to be a very intriguing fight for sure. Can Israel Adesanya be the next champ? Champ, we will find out. Um, and then you have Megan Anderson, Amanda Nunes, and I don't want to dog Megan Anderson at all. I mean, we've seen the odds, we've seen we've seen how low the the uh, the how how much of a dog she is. Is she a live dog? At those numbers, I mean, if you're a betting person, I I you might as well throw a shekel or two on those numbers because if you're a betting man or woman, give it a shot. Why not? But reality is, Megan Anderson has not impressed in the UFC, in my opinion. Um, she just hasn't had a dominant win or an overly impressive win, and, and now she's going up against Amanda Nunes for a title. It's very odd. I, when she came out of Invicta FC, I was super excited about seeing what she could do, 
And uh, so far, unfortunately, she's underperformed now. But does that mean that Amanda Nunes is going to take her lightly? Uh, if that's a possibility. And could anything happen? Sure. We've seen the crazier things happen. You know, Amanda Nunes, when she first came into the UFC, not when she first came into the UFC, but when first title fight was versus, um, not versus Misha Tate, her first defense was versus Ronda Rousey. And Rousey, the hype was there. It was all about Ronda Rousey. And Amanda Nunes put her in her place very quickly. It was very crazy to see that happen. So uh, we shall see. Amanda Nunes, this is her first fight back from having the kid, I believe. It's not her kid, That's, uh, but uh, it was uh, uh, Nina's child. But still, I think it's the first fight since they had the child together. And it should be. it's going to be a different type of fight for her. You know, different motivation. She's going to have a kid she's fighting for as well. So we shall see. But again, Amanda Nunes, clear favorite. It's going to be a tough one for Megan Anderson. She has the height. She has the reach. But can she put it together versus Amanda Nunes, who is arguably the best fighter in the world right now? Not not woman fighter, but, but best fighter overall. Most dominant fighter. It's probably Amanda Nunes. Um... And then the other title fight is for uh, for the bantamweight fight between Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling. Aljo has really performed at a high level since his his knockout um, over uh, uh, Marais, uh that that nasty uh, knee to the head that took him out. Um, but since then, he's rebounded extremely well. The Corey Sanhagen fight was extremely impressive. Now, what does Pewter Yan bring to the table? He's got Good boxing. He's got good striking. He doesn't want the fight to go to the ground, though, and that's where Aljamain Sterling can really take advantage of this fight, and we're looking forward to that. Um, but we'll get into that more with uh, with Dan Henderson and Arthur Motes in a little bit. But um, as far as the rest of the card goes, it is a stacked card. There, 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 there are plenty of good fights on there, and I'm not going to give my picks um, as far as... Uh, at, I'm not going to give my picks till uh, tomorrow, as always, or till fight day, as always, just because you never know who drops out. I don't want to sit here and, and and give you information that's wrong. Uh, Glover Teixeira did weigh in, by the way. I know that even though everyone's on on weight for the title fight, Glover Teixeira did make weight and did, did uh, just in case there's an issue, he is there as a backup for that title fight. So so that is good for the uh, the light heavyweight fight. Glover Teixeira is ready to go in case of some sort of emergency. Um, but yeah, we'll get into other stuff uh, next week with uh, some more fights that are coming our way. Some some cool, some really big fights. I mean, Shane Burgos, Edson Barbosa just got announced, and that just gets me going. That that featherweight fight, that is a crazy fight. That's a dangerous fight for both fighters, but that is a crazy good featherweight fight. So looking forward to that. But let's get to it. Dan Henderson, Arthur Moach joins me right now on the Fight Fan. We're going to preview UFC 259. And boys, how we looking? This is a stacked card. I'm excited, man. Can't wait for this fight, man. You talked about the card already. Well, we're going to get into that a lot more. But man, this is just one of those ones from start to finish that I'm looking forward to, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about it, too. I'm, I'm always... Uh... You know, more interested in the in the ones that are the fights that the UFC has been having the last uh, two or three years with 
with multiple titles on the line. Uh, Dan, Dan, let's start with you because I have a question for you. Because we see that the it's the 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 champ champ fight between Israel Desanya and Jan Blahovitz. Israel's going up in weight. You've done that many times in your career. Israel's go coming in at at two hundred. I think it was was it two hundred point five was the yeah, official 200. weight. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, tell me how is it coming go mixing weight classes? Is that smart to go in so light? at the uh, light heavyweight division? Uh, well, I mean, sometimes you just, you weigh what you weigh. I mean, <laughs> my last my, my last fight, I think when I fought DC, I weighed in at 199. You know, it's just, sometimes you're, you're just, when you train hard, you can't can't keep the weight on. And, and you know, that's that's what happens. But, you know, I, I think a lot of that is is mental attitude too. A lot of these, these fighters cut, way too much weight because they think mentally they're, they're not confident enough to just fight what they weigh. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of times that's not the case that they, they do just fine at the weight they weigh and, and your body feels better and, and you're stronger and, you know, mentally you can prepare a little bit easier. Arthur, you being in the NFL, you understand the, the fluctuation of, of weight. A lot of guys like to, uh, to mislead people and say that they're like certain, certain, right. certain weight limits and whatnot. <laughs> uh, but, but in reality, even though they might weigh 200, 205 on the scale, they're going to be 220, 230, right. whatever it is going. How is it? Give me an example in the NFL going against these guys in different weight sizes. Does it, mm. it being a certain weight? Does it, does it really change things that being a little bit heavier, a little bit lighter? Man. Well, honestly, as uh, Dan was talking about, you know, just walking around at your natural weight and being confident in that, that's something that I started to pick up on later in my career because early on I was big in this belief that, hey, I had to be 250 pounds because that's what they say you're supposed to be. That's the typical weight for that position. But once I got older, I realized, man, speed kills. I said, man, if I could be faster, even though I might be a little bit less powerful, my speed and timing is going to make it that much more impactful. It's going to make that hit that much bigger because of that. So, Honestly, from there, I started to, you know, flirt down with 240s. I think the lowest I played at one point was 232 pounds, but I was lightning fast. And when I think of what Izzy's doing a little bit, you know, in terms of staying so light, I'm thinking to myself, well, he is a very dynamic striker, right? We know his speed, what he can do. Why slow yourself down by bulking up like that? So I think, man, if he can, the, the biggest thing is going to be, can he take the punishment, right, at that weight? But the speed element, I think, is going to be a clear advantage for him because of that. We've seen Israel just dominate his last few fights. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the Kelvin Gaston was very interesting because we saw right. how, how that was just all-time classic fight. And it was a guy who was a little sh shorter reach. And it was mm -hmm. it was interesting how, how Kelvin was able to really – uh, close that distance and really bring it to, to Israel. Mm -hmm. With Jan Blahovitz, it's a whole different ball game. Jan's a big boy. So, Dan, explain to me how Israel could still control the distance and and really win this fight or potentially put on a, a, or compete with Jan Blahovitz. Well, I think the biggest thing is just I'm sure both of them uh, and, and everybody, all the critics out there kind of already – have in their mind what a game plan should be for each fighter. And, and, you know, Jan's got power and, and, you know, he's quick too, but not as quick. And, and I don't know what his reach is compared to Adesanya, but, you know, I think, uh, 
you know, Alessandro just needs to to use his speed and stay on the outside and and do what he's best at. If if he can achieve that for most of the fight, then he's got a good chance. At, you know, not getting in a, a a banging war against a guy that hits harder. You know, that's probably not the best and smartest thing to do. Arthur, do you expect that, Dan? <laughs> Arthur, do you expect this fight to be a standing, stand banging fight, or we expect that you think the fight's going to go to the ground at some point in time? Because Jan Ken, uh, mm-hmm. he's he's a good, he can bring the fight to the ground. It really is good at ground, uh, ground pound. No, without a doubt. I mean, you've seen what he's able to do when he gets you in close and stuff like that. And obviously, he's the bigger, stronger fighter. I mean, it was very clear at weigh-ins, and you're going to see it even more so tomorrow when they're able to come in at whatever weight they bulk up to over these <laughs> next 24 hours. But to me, after watching how Izzy handled Paulo Costo, after watching Izzy when he had that war versus Kelvin Gastelum, I just think he's going to try to stand and use his speed and stay on the outside, similar to what Dan was saying just a, a little while ago. Now, that gives Izzy the best chance to win, but that's also the most dangerous for him as well because we know if Yan connects, this isn't Kelvin Gassum hitting him. This is a big man, and I just don't think that Izzy's going to be able to take that type of punishment, also knowing that he's a little bit lighter in this fight as well. Do you believe, the uh, uh, Arthur, do you believe the fact that Paulo Costa was too drunk on the, uh, the last <laughs> fight with Izzy? But look, all I'm going to say is this. <laughs> When you start coming up with all these different exotic reasons as to why you didn't perform well, it, it's never a good look. We can all remember what was it, um, the, the, the boxer, uh, Deontay Wilder, right? He loses to Tyson Fury. He's, oh man, it's because of my, my pre fight workout warm up suit. Like it was too heavy. That thing was gigantic, by the way. It, it was not shoot. a good look, man. <laughs> it's not a good look. All right. So at the end of the day, Paulo, it doesn't matter what happened pr- prior to the fight. Once you were in there, we all were in the assumption that you were good to go. So if you came into that fight too drunk, I blame you for that. I, I don't <laughs> think it's an excuse. I think it's just, you know, bad judgment in the big fight, the biggest fight of your career on top of that. Dan, was there ever a fight where you walked into where you just were getting the jitters or whatever it is, you couldn't fall asleep, whether it was time difference or whatever, and then you just you just needed something to like put you to bed and you got you took you, you took a too a few too many uh, drinks or something like that? No, I mean I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm a little I was a little bit different than most guys. I, I just was completely comfortable in there from day one. I, I'd already competed at pretty high levels in wrestling. You know, being in the Olympics twice that that competition experience and and knowing how to prepare and and, and as the the competition gets closer, you know that's what it's all about. Just being mentally focused on what you're going to do and, and excited instead of uh, nervous. You know, I think, well, I've never had a problem. I mean, when I go to the arenas, a lot of times back when I was fighting in pride, they'd take us there so early that I'd take a nap in the locker room. Almost every time I'd bring my pillow from the hotel and, and lay down and sleep for an hour or two and get up and, and uh, warm up and, and do my thing. When you step into the cage, was there, there were, with the audience around you, it was just one on one. Did you ever feel any? Which, which, when did it stop the nerves? When did the nerves actually stop taking over? Because I mean, I'm sure when you first started competing in, in these big fights, there must have been some nerves there here and there. But again, uh, like you said, after a while, it stopped. Yeah, maybe you know, my the only fight that that comes to mind that that I that I told myself you know, something that I probably shouldn't have was my very first fight ever. Like, and, and this was 
hey, do you want to fight in this tournament? Two weeks before the, the tournament. I mean, that was way back in, in 1997, I think. And, you know, and they, they, I get in the cage and they shut the door and I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, what did I get myself into? You know, I got a, a scary guy looking looking across from me. And, and But as soon as the guy said go and the guy comes at you, it's, it's instinctual at that point. You, you're just – I never really got in street fights or anything, but it didn't take me long to figure out how to throw a punch. <laughs> Arthur, how about you? You know, being in the NFL, I'm sure that the first time you, you got to a game, your first snap, you'll probably get some jitters and stuff like that. But it's a little different because you have other, you have teammates hey. around you. So it's got to feel a little different. How about you? How, how did how'd that feeling go? When did the jitters finally go away? Yeah, for me, man, it, it was, it was very different, right? Because I was covered by 10 other guys on the field. So Early on, probably my first two to three games, I had some jitters, but it was never, you know, to the same extent of when I was doing solo sports. I think about when I wrestled in high school and it's just like that feeling of if you win, it's because of you. If you lose, it's because of you. It's a different, you know, just level of nerves that go, that are associated with that. And that's why I always had the utmost respect for anybody, you know, in terms of cage fighting when you're going in there by yourself, man, and you know how, you know, just damning the consequences could be from one mistake. For us, you know, as professional football players, we never had that same level of intensity because I know if I make a mistake, I still have a guy that can cover me. I know if I miss this play right here, this guy has my back and vice versa. So the nerves never got to that extent, but you always get excited for it still. As long as you're not the same. Yeah, sorry, go go for it. In 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 MMA, we at least got the referees in there to make sure we don't get our ass kicked too bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well some of them are a little sloppy these days there's a lot of right. questions they everyone's calling out herb dean for the uh what was the knockout just the, the blades knockout the Derek lewis blades knockout do you yeah. think that was a bad do you think that was a bad uh job by herb dean getting there too late i don't know i mean everybody's if, if he got there earlier people would be bitching about that uh exactly <laughs> that's one of them things right you're never gonna everybody's never gonna be happy right if especially if it's your guy that you got they got beat if it's your guy that got knocked out, it's, oh, man, you wait, waited too, way too long, way too long. Or like you said, the alternative, too soon, man. Let him keep fighting. Let him go out on his shoe. The only thing we can mutually spot, agree man. The only thing we can mutually agree on is that the judges are awful. The judges are terrible. Never I mean, leave it to the judges. Uh, yeah, I mean. Dan, I remember you talking to me about the Bisping fight. You did. You told me about the Bisping fight one time, about how, how you were very unhappy with the uh, – the judging on the Bisping fight. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that of course, when, when you got a guy that, that looks as beat up as that and you knock him down twice and, you know, there was not even a 10-8 round at all in that fight. And I almost finished him a couple times, but I'm over it already. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, one thing I do want to talk about, we're, we're going to get fights a little bit more, but I do have one question because we saw UFC cut ties with two big big-name heavyweights. With uh, with JDS and uh, I'm blanking right now. Al- Alistair Overeem just got cut. Um, I'm not sure if they're hanging it up for good, but you know, coming from two guys who did end- eventually hang them up, give give me the 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 process, Dan. When you decided to hang them up, how was it to make that decision to finally say I- I'm I'm done with with MMA? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I. I- I was in there my last fight. I was 46 years old. So I think the biggest thing for me, it wasn't how my body felt. I mean, I felt like I could have still done it. I mean, I I still get in there and spar. Uh, 
you know, maybe once a week with the guys, but I, uh, I just spent way too much time between practice after practice. And then, you know, almost every day I was, I'd come home and just lay on the couch. Cause, and, and that's all I could do is go to practice and, and come back and rest. And, and I wasn't hanging out with my family and doing anything with my kids. And, and, you know, as I, as that started to, to, you know, happen more often. I was like, you know, it's time. And, and, and the, the timing was good. I was almost maybe going to retire at the Hector Lombard fight in LA and, and I wasn't sure. And, and, and then they offered me uh, a title fight against Bisming. I thought that would be a good one to go out on. Unfortunately, it, it, you know, it didn't, didn't go quite the way I planned, but it's the way it goes. Arthur, how about you when you decide to hang them up in the NFL? Yeah, and I was going to say, it's funny, man. We're actually going to be polar opposites here, right? Dan, he fought till he was 46. And, I mean, he wins that this mean fight. might still fight another one after that, right? No, whereas no. for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, whereas for me, man, um, I retired. I was, what, 31 years old. I had just finished up my ninth season. But the, the difference was, for me, um, football-wise, the average career span is two and a half years. So, I had already felt like I had played a long time in comparison to the average. And even though physically I was still healthy, mentally, I could still do it. I could still do it at a high level. My heart wasn't in it anymore though. And, and it wasn't necessarily the games because showing up for game day, the crowd, the, the energy, you're going to live up for that. You're going to play that. But I didn't want to do the weightlifting Monday through Friday, the dieting Monday through Friday, the film study Monday through Friday, the countless hours away from the family Monday through Friday. So for me, probably around year seven or eight was when I already started contemplating it. And then it was just, all right, we're going to, you know, finish out the contract and you kind of get that last bonus year. And yeah. it was like, all right, well, they're going to give me this money to go ahead and, and you know, end it on, on a nice note. We're going to do that. And yeah, from there, I was able to make that transition, but that was the big thing for me. I was just, like I said, I didn't love the grind anymore. And I felt like I can't do, you know, this sport to the level that I'm accustomed to doing it into the level that I hold myself to without being able to love the actual Monday through Friday grind. So Arthur, is it, is it um, the same as an MMA? Like I hear Dan, you could tell, you could attest to this, but if your heart's not in getting into that cage, and getting into a fight, it's very dangerous. Is it the same yes. in NFL too? 100% man. We, we tell people all the time, the quickest way to get hurt is to go out there trying not to get hurt. You go out there tiptoeing, you go out there, have speed, you go out there, you know, oh, I mean, I want to be out here, but I really don't want to be out here. That's when guys seriously get hurt because the game is too violent and it's too fast to not do it at 100%. So, yeah, that that will definitely get you going in that way. And for me, I mean, I never had to deal with that personally, but just being around guys that I saw have significant injuries, that I saw, you know, experience some things like that that alter their lives going forward, it really put that in perspective for me. Well, uh, I mean, I, I think uh... – you know, there's a lot of guys in MMA and I've seen over the years that, that are, you know, they're pretty good at fighting. They want to try it. Then, you know, they, they do okay. And then, and then, you know, after, it ends up to, to where they're just fighting to, to get paid instead of, mm. instead of set goals and reach them in, in the sport. Mm. And, and that's what I've always said. Don't do it just to get paid because you're going to get hurt. Mm. And MMA still is, I mean, UFC in particular has uh, doesn't really pay everyone the same. So if you're going in there half ass, it's not it's not worth it. And now that's I know a nice way to put that, Peter. That's a nice way to put that right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Listen, <laughs> it's amazing. Necessarily pay them all the same. 
Listen, PFL's doing a good job. Bellator's doing a good yeah. job. Bellator's trying to be like the Yankees of, of MMA, from what I understand. They're trying to okay. pay the, their fighters. But the UFC, I mean, if you're not the top dog, Dan, I don't yeah. know, you tell me. There's levels. You, you're, you're, you, I'm not sure how, how friendly you were with other fighters if you knew their, their paydays, but I'm sure that you were doing better than some of these other fighters, and that's just a, a dangerous thing. No, I mean, for sure. There's, there's a lot of fighters that, that deserve to be paid a lot more than what they're getting paid. And, and, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I was doing okay, but I, I came from a different, a different thing, you know, being in pride for so long, it, uh, I had a little bit different relationship with, with the management, we'll call it, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I did okay, but I know that there was a lot of guys that, 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 didn't I know Chad Mendez uh, retired because he wasn't getting paid what what he, what he should be and it just wasn't worth it to him to to put his body at risk like that for that money. Um, is Dana as into that side of it as he says he's not? I mean uh, the the financial side of it and the <laughs> I mean he says he's so like ah oh, that's not me I I don't I don't have anything to do with that but I have no idea right now if that's how it is. But, uh, I know back in the day he was, he was the, he was completely hands-on with it, but I don't, I don't know if, you know, once, once the sale happened, if he just backed out of that part of it and, and, you know, I'm sure he's got a lot to say, uh, <laughs> you know, for certain guys, but I, I don't know if he just leaves it to the matchmakers or not. He always is, has a lot to say, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to the fights. Uh, UFC 259 tomorrow. It's amazing card. We talked a little bit about Jan Blahovitz and Israel Asanya. But the co-main between Amanda Nunes and Megan Anderson, I mean, honestly, Art, just tell me, do you think that, that Megan even has a chance walking Listen. in? Listen. The only way I see Megan doing anything is if she's able to stay on the outside and use that size advantage. I mean, you saw the face-off. It's crazy how much bigger she is. She looks like a giant next to, uh, next to Amanda. And Amanda never looks small. Never. No, so no. just seeing that and knowing how Megan fights, I think that's her best chance. Because I don't think she has the power that's going to be needed to keep Amanda off of her like that. That's the big issue, man. Dan, what about you, bud? No, I agree. I think uh, if she's going to have a chance, she's going to have to use that length. And, and, you know, if they do get in the, in the clinch, just, you know, she needs to be able to use her body weight to wear Amanda out a little bit. And, and, you know, I don't know what kind of condition uh, she's in, but, you know, that would definitely test it for sure. If, if uh, you know, she's carrying around somebody's extra weight a little bit, but yeah, using that length is a big, big part of it. Is this a type of fight, Dan, where we should be almost like worried for me for Amanda Nunes because Megan is such an underdog. Like mm. she's such a dog in this fight. The odds are ridiculous. Like no one's giving her a shot at all. Is this the one? Like would Amanda Nunes like kind of take her lightly in this sense, and 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 we see something shocking happen? Uh, I mean, that's usually how it happens. Uh, you know, if someone does get taken lightly, it's because of that. But I mean. I think Amanda Nunes has been around a long time and, and a pretty good competitor where she's not going to take anyone lately, you know, especially in MMA. You, I mean, everybody's dangerous at, at something in the sport and you just got to be careful no matter what, no matter who you fight. And Art, if I'm correct, I mean, Amanda Nunes was that person versus Ronda Rousey. 
No one yeah. knew who Amanda Nunes mm-hmm. was. And all of a sudden, she's out there crushing Ronda Rousey. So Remember, you, she, she silenced the crowd after that because of the whole did. situation where everybody was hyping up Ronda. She went and silenced the crowd, made sure it was very much on display. But the thing, I mean, when you think about Amanda's, uh, with Amanda, we've seen her winning so many different styles. We've seen her with the head kick versus Holly Holmes, showing that, hey, you're not the only one who has kicking ability. Then we see her, we saw her go toe-to-toe throwing bombs against Cyborg. To me, she's just very, I mean, on her feet, it's one of the greatest people we've ever seen. I think women or men, she's just that good right now, man. If, if Amanda Nunes does win, who can actually challenge her in either featherweight or bantamweight? I mean, the only person I can honestly think of is Shevchenko for the third fight. And right, I must mean, say you got to run it back. Yeah. But that's that's it. I don't see anyone else. I mean, do you guys – I mean, Dan, do you see anybody that could actually go toe-to-toe with her? Uh, not right now. You know, I think she's been pretty dominant and, and you know – Wait a few years and somebody will pop up that, that you they know. always do. <laughs> they always do. Um, stay there forever. No, no, that's true. That's, that's the one thing. Like, everyone is always humbled at some point in time. We've seen every yes. single fighter. It doesn't make a difference. Anderson Silva, who I think is one of the best ever. I mean, he got Chris Wyman, put him down, put him in his place. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we, we've, we've all seen that happen. So um, we've seen the only person we haven't seen, I guess, is Khabib, right? Well, Khabib and, and Jones. We haven't seen Bowen yet. Yes, that yeah. is true, John Jones. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, how do we feel about this jumping in weight Uh-oh. for John Jones? Well, I like it. Oh, go ahead. You go ahead, Dan. I was going to say he's got the height, but you know, I, I and it's all about, in my opinion, I, I've never cared too much, like you said earlier, about weight classes and and. It's all about positioning and, and technique. And, and Jones has shown that, you know, he, he can come up with a good game plan and and stay in that position and and, and kind of keep with that game plan. And, and so I think he's got a good shot at being a really good heavyweight. I just don't think he looks the same as he used to, you know, pre-testing positive three times. I, I don't think he's – his, I, I don't know if it's just his age or just the fact that he finally said, oh, I might as well just give this stuff up now because I can't keep getting caught. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's interesting. Art, what about you? Yeah, so for me, man, I like the fact that he's going to take the challenge of bumping up. This is something that we've all wanted to see from him. You know, once the DC fights ended, it was like, all right, when are you going to take that next step up? Because, you know, we're tired of, tired of seeing you at the scene at 205. But my biggest concern is, can he take that power? Because at, oh, at 205, those guys, I mean, yes, they have knockout power, but it's different. He's not facing guys at 205 like Francis Ngano. He's not facing guys like your Derek Lewis's. He's not facing that at that level. And even though he has great game plans and he's able to control the space and the distance, those guys find a way to touch you. We've mm-hmm. seen Derek Lewis evolve. Derek, you saw his last fight. What did he say? Man, I just sat here and waited on this uppercut. I knew it was going to come, and I waited the whole fight to get it. Oh. That's all it takes is one shot. <laughs> so for me, with, yeah. with, with uh, John, I'm just like, I need to see if you can if you can handle that one shot because that's the difference right now. At 05, you don't have to worry about that. At heavyweight, it's different. Art, do you think that 
that Stipe is a better mm-hmm. matchup for John Jones because we absolutely again Francis is mm-hmm. a guy that definitely has that power yes. that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So so Stipe would be a, a logically better matchup for for John Jones. Who right. else in that division would be a good matchup for John Jones? Well, and this is the this is the unique thing with Stipe, right? Even though he's the better matchup because of the lack of knockout power. I still feel like he's the tougher matchup for John because he's a, a more skilled fighter. He's closer to John from a skill standpoint than your Francis Ngannos, than uh, Curtis Blade versus or, or Derek Lewis. Those guys are more knockout artists, and they're trying to expand their game. But we've seen the blueprint on how to beat those guys. If you can get them on the ground, that power is null and void, and they struggle. John is great on the ground. We know what he can do in terms of taking guys down and going to work down there. So it's hard to find... Outside of the whole knockout one-shot power, guys, it's hard to find a really good matchup from my perspective, at least. But I would love to hear from Dan because obviously he has way more experience in terms of being able to just look and say, well, this guy could be a difficult matchup because of that. (laughs) No, I was thinking the same thing, almost for the same reasons. But, yeah, I think Stipe is, you know, maybe a a less dangerous matchup for Jones, but I think he's a tougher – overall fight he's harder to take down he's he's got decent wrestling and it, and he's he's quicker than the other heavyweights as well and he's got good hands and and he's knocked heavyweights out so he does have power mm-hmm. uh you know and and i think if jones fights one of those other big dudes that all they could do is knock you out he's really proven you know that most of the time, I should say that that he sticks to a game plan and 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 he's going to go out there and and take him down, I, I believe, and and you know use his length at first and and irritate him a little bit with it with his stupid cheap kicks and and <laughs> knee kicks and uh, you know and then just take him down. He he he's capable of doing that, and and yeah, these guys aren't going to be able to get up very well, like like the. Uh, like the lighter guys can. Uh, again, we're talking about UFC 259 is tomorrow, and we have another title fight. I mean, dude, the fact that there's three title fights is ridiculous. I, I love mean, it. it's I love it. <laughs> that you can't knock what the UFC does during a yes. pandemic. They've really been able to still oh, uh, sure. put on a great show. Pewter Yon Aljamain Sterling, I mean, arguably could be the best of the three fights. I I I don't I don't know. I'm a big Aljo guy. I like his funk master style. Um, but Dan, give me your thoughts. A lot of people said that Pewter Yon hasn't really fought a top-notch pony yet. Aljamain's his first real test. Is that true? Uh yeah, I think <laughs> at that level, most guys are, are gonna be a good test for, you know, if if they've reached a, a title contention fight, it's gonna be a good test for, for some of these guys. And, and yeah, I think, I mean, I like, I like Jan. He's a tough dude. He, he's just a goer and, and uh, you know, and I, I have not seen the other guy fight very, very much uh, compared to him. So, I mean, I'm leaning towards Jan on that probably based on, on just not seeing the other guy enough. And Arthur, Arthur, what about you? Yeah. For me, man, when I think of uh Piotr, I look at that fight that he had against uh, Jose Aldo, and it looked like he got stronger as the fight went on. We yeah. saw him, obviously, in the fourth. Well, no, it was the second round where he actually hurt Jose at the end of it. And then, obviously, in the fourth, where you really saw him pick up steam and then finish him right after that. But when you look at Aljamain, it's crazy how unorthodox he is when he fights. I mean, he sets up things off of the kicks that shouldn't be set up off of kicks. 
kicks the strike, kicks the takedown, and it really just it looks like the 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 opponents are never comfortable in there with him. He controls the distance good, and you obviously know when he gets to the ground. I mean, he's an elite level wrestler. That thing stands out all the time. So I don't know if Piotr how he's going to be able to handle this style of wrestling because Aljamain, like I said, he's very different in his approach to that, and I just think that he can do some things that can make Piotr uncomfortable. Now, I do think Piotr has the power in his hands to put him down, though. And I think that's going to make this interesting as well. We've definitely yeah, seen that. We've definitely seen Aljo. I mean, that that one uh, that one knee, was it the knee that he yeah. got knocked out? That, that brutal yeah. knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen Aljo with that one fight. But besides that, he's come back pretty pretty strong. I mean, the Corey Sanhagen fight was pretty impressive. Now, it was yes, very quick. Absolutely. But that, that finish was very impressive by, by mm-hmm. Aljo. Uh, another fight that I'm excited about, and I'm going to ask you guys what you guys are, what fight you guys are really looking forward to. But the Dominic Cruz-Casey Kenny fight, I think, is pretty good. And we Dom- did on the prelims. And he's on the prelims. Right, exactly. I mean, that's just <laughs> And Dominic Cruz, I love he, – he is one of the best uh, bantamweights of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the thing is, his health has always come into question. Always. But still, when he performs, he performs at a high level. Casey Kennedy, though, is pretty legit. 16 yes. at 2 and 1. Uh, Dan, how do you see that fight going? Do you like that fight, and how do you see it going? Well, I mean, I'm always a, a, a fan of watching Dominic Cruz most of the time. I mean, sometimes it's frustrating. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> he's he's hard to he doesn't get in there and just fight sometimes it's hard to pin right. down and you know and uh but he's finished a lot of guys with his style and again another one of the fights that I just don't know his opponent very well on this he hasn't been in very many UFC fights I know right no he's a young up and comer and he's yeah. he's won a lot of I, I forgot how many fights he's won in a row but he's done pretty pretty well in the UFC so far. Or what about you? How do you feel about that fight? Yeah, for me, man, obviously my my uh, fanhood makes me lean Dominus, even though I think that, you know, he's getting to that point where he either needs to decide, like, all right, I'm going to come back and really do this. Because think about mm-hmm. how long he waits in between his fights. I understand some of it has been rehab related, but I think, man, with fighting, it's one of those things you got to be in there. You got to be fighting frequently. So that way you stay, you know, you don't have that cage rush. And we've seen it happen. I just think with Dom, he's been dealing with that. You saw what it looked like against uh, Cejudo. We all remember the Cody Garbrandt fight. Mm. Then, obviously, it was uh, TJ Dillashaw. I want to say he got him as well. I want to say on – no, uh, excuse me. TJ was with uh, was a Cejudo, so it wasn't him. But you saw those two in terms of the Cody Garbrandt fight and the Henry Cejudo yeah. fight, just how both of those went for him. And you think about how much time has been in between those fights to now, that's what makes me the most nervous about it, man. So even though I want Dom to win because I'm a fan – I feel like it's going to be Casey. It's funny too because you did mention he did fight fight TJ to get his belt back. Yes, and that yeah, I, I thought thought it was mm-hmm. arguably it his was best T- one. Yes, right. but mm-hmm. but TJ fought really well. It was a it was yeah. a very close fight. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I I, I agree, and Casey. If you watch his fights, you could see why he could be a tough matchup for Dominic yeah. Cruz. But if you understand the veteran status, how smart right. intellectually he is. It's mm-hmm. tough not to go for Cruz. Yeah. Um, any other fights in particular that really draw to you guys? Uh, Dan, how about you? Uh, no, I mean, I, I pretty much was looking forward to the the those four fights right there, uh, the, the three three champ fights and and, uh, you and know, Tom Cruise. the Dominic Cruz fight. Yeah. How me, about you? Man, for me, I got to see Tiago Santos, man. We all – we've seen – I feel like this is – gonna answer if it's a John Jones curse or not because so far everybody that fights John Jones and they take him to the brink and we have a close decision or whatever 
the next fight or the fight after that, they typically go downhill. Mm-hmm. We've seen it with, with Dominic Reyes. We, we've seen it multiple times now. I just need to see, all right, is this for real or not? I, I feel like he should win this fight. But if he doesn't and he gets and it's something he gets knocked out early on, I'm gonna be convinced that it's the John Jones curse. <laughs> and so, listen, yeah. Ratrick is not easy by any means. Right, right, not at all, not at all. And Santos, now is this this is not his first fight back, right? No, this From his, his second one, his what, second one since. When was his last fight? <sighs> he lost it to Shara uh, last November. Yeah. Okay. So he's had some time. He's had some time off. The July fight in 2019 versus Jones. Mm-hmm. That's a time off. Had like about a year off because he had heard he had blew his knee out in the fight. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, like the ACL and stuff. Yeah. And now he's fighting Ratrick, which again I get. He's he's pretty good too, man. I'm see Ratrick's numbers. Let's see what he's got. His last fight he fought. Oh, Anthony Smith in that. Oh, was that the mm-hmm. was that the uh, the one that they were trying to call Smith early? Was that the oh, Anthony Smith God. had that fight that he got. I felt, Dan, you. I don't know if you remember, yeah. but there was a fight that Smith had not too long ago where basically, I think it was a five-round fight. Mm. Uh, it was versus, oh, it was versus Glover. Yeah. Versus, yeah. versus Glover. Did you remember that fight? Did, was that a bad job by the um, by I, his? I don't remember the, the exact, uh, what happened in that fight. I know I watched it, but. Glover was basically beating the crap out of him, and, and Smith just couldn't rebound, and his, his team in between rounds was like, oh, mm. you got to just keep it up and go for it. Yeah. And it was just trying to pump him up. And it's like literally, like, it was like I think he lost a tooth mid Yeah, mid- it was like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did, yeah. Did, did, your, did your team ever push you too hard in a fight? No, I mean, I'm, I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. And, and a lot of fighters are, but, uh, you know, like when I was supposed to fight John Jones, I mean, I kind of hurt my, tweaked my knee and, you know, like two, three weeks out and, and I was still planning on fighting, uh, up to the week of, and, and they had to sit me down and said, dude, it's not a good idea. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, I haven't, I didn't train other than ride a, ride a stationary bike for, for two weeks. And, and, uh, you know, I was still going to go in. I mean, and I had never pulled out of a fight before that. So mm. it was hard to do, but so, yeah, I mean, I have, my my team kind of goes the other way with it, you know. Uh, well, before we let you go, Dan, is there anything you want to promote? Anything you're doing right now? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm just coaching my guys. Uh, you know, I'm working on. Uh, I'm putting a, a brewery distillery restaurant in the building I own where my gym is. So you'll be able to to have a drink and watch practice if you want. There you go. <laughs> I like it. But I like that, it. Just, just enjoying life. And Art, what about you? You got the book out. Anything else you want to promote? Absolutely, man. Just check there the book is. out, man. Most Theory of Life. It's available <laughs> at mostheory.com, man. That's the big thing right now. And then, you know, follow me on uh, all on the YouTube stuff, man. Just youtube.com backslash ArthurMotes55. Follow the media journey that we got going on right now, man. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys joining the fight fan. And uh, let's do this again soon. And enjoy Absolutely. the fights, all right? Absolutely. All right, sounds good, guys. Thank you. That was Dan Henderson and Arthur Motes, everybody. That was a good time. Again, we're going to try to get all these UFC pay-per-views. We're going to try to get bring some people in to do like a little roundtable. Um, that was fun. We'll, get, we'll, do, we'll do the other cards, too. We'll try to get other cards to do some roundtables. But, the, you know, we'll take a one, one step at a time. But that was fun that they were on. Again, really good card this weekend. Excited for that. Next week. We have Leon Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad. Bilal Muhammad stepping in last minute versus Kamaev. Um, so that should be an interesting fight. 
last-minute fights are always crazy. People stepping in short notice are always nuts, but we'll get into that next week a little bit as well. At the Fight Fan, WFAN, and at the Hoff, WFAN, on Twitter, the picks will be out before the fight. We will put them out there. Everybody who gives me their picks will also be out there as well. Jan Gomes, Michael Carter-Williams, Arthur Motes, Chris Wade, my boy Matt Casey, uh, maybe Dan Henderson will give me a pick or two as well. We'll get them all lined up, and you can follow us there for the picks. Again, thanks for following us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we will be back next week. WFAN.com, radio.com, everywhere at the Fight Fan or the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. I will see you guys next week. Enjoy the fight. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.